Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Bears. Welcome and welcome back. Bears. Steve Rosenblum and Trash Panda with you. Mark Grody, it, it is his show. He's not on the show, but he will be on the show in about half an hour. We're going to talk Bears, Mark Grody. But first, so I just got this text from our show friend, the inimitable colonist, Julie Swico. Did you get this text too? I don't have Julie's number, so no. She was in Meyer the other day. She took a picture that she just sent me of a trash can that says Trash Panda. And That's there great. is a trash oh, panda oh, on the front. I was talking to my mom last night. I had, had, a, I had a, nice, a nice phone phone conversation with Alice. And my dad took a couple shots at a, coo- at, a, at a raccoon, apparently, just moments before I was on the phone with her. So we have an update from Sweet Alice about Shooter. Was he outside shooting no, at raccoons? No, he was shooting out of my old window. Yeah. So he was in the house with his shotgun. No, with a rifle. It was a twenty-two. With a, I'm pretty with sure. With a rifle, shooting at varmints and other woodland creatures. Yeah, he didn't get it. So, <laughs> trash. That's man. that's the update. Jules, that is just great. Thank you. Thank you so Jules. much for sending that. that. She's such a giver, and she's not a taker. I mean, she gave us Avenue Q, which we added, and so I had a thought. We would have that musical interlude in our suck roll call. Do we need both? Avenue Q and St. John, or do we need to space them out in musical interludes? Mm. That's yeah. a thinker. I yeah. think no, I think it's good. That's I think it's good to thinker, just have them in the way. Say? I think it's good to leave them the way they are. Yeah, it's a thinker. Okay. A, a thinker of a question. A thinker of a is did Sweet Alice teach you that or did you uh, probably not stumble into that on your own? I just ran into that on my own. I love that. It's a tra- it's just outstanding. Oh my God. All right, so we're going to talk bears with Mark Rohde at the bottom of the hour. But first, this is really, this is so revealing. It's Ron Veeling. Ron Veal is the quarterback coach for Justin Fields and has been since I think he was, uh, since the first sonogram was taken. And he continues to work with Justin Fields. He was on with Parkins and Spiegel. Danny Parkins, Matt Spiegel, two to six. Although you, Spiegel will be your play-by-play Huckleberry today, right after us on Saturday Suckage, Spiegel and Elise Meneker will bring you Cubs Angels baseball right here on the score six seventy the score. So they're talking with Ron Veal, and they are talking with about Justin Fields, the student, and how 
the student is getting better. So which is revealing. But also, in the course of this interview, he talks about what Justin Fields thought of Matt Nagy's game plan in his in, in his debut, and that was the game against Cleveland. So <clears throat> we'll let we'll react and we'll let you react. 312-644-6767 after we hear this and play this. And uh, this is from yesterday on yesterday afternoon on Parkinson Spiegel. What a perfect person to call and check in with on like the biggest story in Bears fans' hope for the the near term and long term future on Justin Fields. How the workouts go in this offseason? They went well. You know, he's back in Chicago now, but he was home for like two months. So we did maybe 15, 16 sessions together, individual sessions, and um, just working on a few things because, you know, they got a new offensive coordinator and a new coach. So we're just trying to implement some of the things that they will be going over here in the next couple of weeks. What specifics about that can you share with us? Well, you know, just drops and, and making sure his time is good. We're trying to speed up his drop his drops a little bit more, trying to speed up his delivery a little bit more so he can throw the ball on time instead of waiting. Waiting on the regular out of break, a little bit more anticipation. So those are the things we focus on. It, 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 is it is it new stuff based on new coordinator that he's got to work on, or do you also then, Ron, have an opportunity to work on stuff that, that you watched last year, that he experienced last year, and try to improve that stuff too? Well, both of those um, really worked on, like, his ball security and his drop and his, his ball carriage and his drops, trying to get him a little bit more secure, um, along with some of the new stuff that they will be doing under the new coordinator. Oh, yeah, it was a combination of both. It's interesting on the ball security and his ball carriage, how you put it. Yeah, because there there were fumbles, and a lot of those were due to the crazy pressure that was in his face a lot, but you feel like there's some stuff that he could learn there. Tell us about ball carriage. That's interesting. Yeah, we're just trying to get it more secure and a little bit closer to his body. And if he does feel pressure or have pressure, you know, a sack is not a bad thing. You can always punt. But a turnover gives it. Offense on the opposing team, another series to to get plays under their belt, and who knows what happens from there. But really trying to get it a little bit, a little bit closer to his body, um, a little tighter, where it's not so loose, and um, be in a position to get to his get out of his pre pass a little bit quicker. You know, how do you balance his natural inclination to look for the home run shot? you know, the, the touchdown to check down mentality and his improvisational skills to extend the play with, hey, man, sometimes it's okay to take a sack. How do you balance that? Well, we talked a lot about that as well. We talked about more just taking a check down when they're there. Um, he would always say, sometimes I'm doing way too much, and he understands that from watching film. It's like there are situations where I could have taken a check down, and if the sack takes place, it takes place. But as long as we don't turn the ball over and give them extra downs to participate in the game, we're, we're, we're okay with that, in my opinion. Now, his coaching staff might say something different for us, like, you know, sacks are not okay Get to try to get the ball out or try to get rid of the ball and avoid the sack. But I think the check downs, if he go through his progressions the right way, get to the check down, a lot of that stuff, will take care of self force and sacks and everything else. We're talking to Justin Fields' quarterback coach since the sixth grade, Ron Veal. 
uh, at the beginning, you know, you said, but like some of the stuff that the the coaches wanted him to work on, like the speeding up his drop, speeding up his delivery, and then there you said, you know, maybe they would say something different. So, are you in touch with Luke Getzey, or are you doing what Justin says they want him to do? How's the communication between you, the private quarterback coach, and, and the team's coaching staff? Well, it's through Justin, and okay. so when our sessions take place, he would bring the information that he wanted to work on. And we will work on that information because he would have Donnell Mooney down and he had the tight end down, Cole. So those things were worked on in sessions, what, what they wanted him to work on. That's great. It's interesting. And you're talking to Ron Veal, Justin Fields' quarterback coach. You know, when we've talked about teaching a young quarterback, um, someone had used the phrase to me, the sequence of exposure. Like it matters what you teach and like what order and the way that it was, they were talking about it was like, boy, if you feel unprotected on the edges, like those, like there's not a lot of max protect or chip help. If you feel like there, you might get clobbered, then it's harder to learn other things. Um, it, it, would, would you agree with that as a thought process that a young quarterback needs to feel safe and protected in the pocket before he can truly learn some of the other nuances of the offense? Yes, I do agree with that. You know, to a certain extent, sometimes quarterback has to make sure the protection is right for him to protect himself. And um, I think it works hand in hand. The more safe or secure he feels, he can start getting the ball out a little bit quicker and eliminate some of that stuff happening to him for us, like the hits or the sacks. Because we were going crazy here last year, Ron. Like that Cleveland game plan yeah. was just insane to see those defensive ends allowed that, that freedom. Were you going crazy like we were watching some of that? Yeah, it was it was bad. I was supposed to be at that game because that's his first start. But the way, the way the airlines worked at that time, I didn't make it. I'm kind of glad I did because he took a beating that day. Um, but, yeah, it was kind of – it was kind of crazy and weird at the same time. Why would you leave those two two guys on with no help? Did you ever get an explanation? No, I didn't. Um, I know he was a little pissed about it, but I didn't get an explanation. And I really didn't ask because I know he was in a situation where he was really pissed off about it. That game specifically or the year overall? Because it was it felt like there were just – Asking him to do a lot with very little help. Well, you know, I think that game, because that was his first official start, but, you know, he played well at times, and, he, and you know, he struggled at times, which is what happened with rookie quarterbacks. But I think he had a lot of information to learn from and get better from, you know, during the off season, And I think that's going to help him this season be a little bit more productive and a little bit more careful and cautious with the ball. Yeah, that makes sense. I, You know, hopefully the way it's supposed to work, right, that Justin learned a bunch and then can now go to Luke Getze, go to Matt Eberflus and say, and go to you, obviously, in your sessions, all right, I, I need this. Did he express anything that he needs to really feel secure and be the best quarterback that he can be? Yeah, he just wanted – like I said earlier, he just want to get better at the little things like force his drops, you know, his sets, his movements, not being off balance and not doing too much when he make a move in the pocket, um, delivering the ball on time and with anticipation. You know, he said 
like last week, you said a lot of times I was just holding on the wall to make sure they was coming out the break. You know, that's just a young quarterback not really trusting it as much as he should, you know? Yeah, it was. there was so much. Uh, we're talking to Ron Veal, Justin Fields' quarterback coach, uh, since the sixth grade, had about 15 or 16 sessions with Justin uh, this offseason. And, you know, we've been talking a little bit about this on the show. So this upcoming year, it will be Justin's third offense in three years. Uh, there will be a new, you know, he loses Allen Robinson. Uh, there's uncertainty with the wide receiver core, the offensive line. Like, it's his second year in the league. You're supposed to make a big jump from year one to year two. What is reasonable to expect from Justin this year, given the circumstances uh, of the situation around him? Well, I think all of that is out of his control, first of all. And I just think he has to prepare and get himself ready to play each game, you know, Sunday by Sunday and let those guys know that they're professionals and that they'd be ready to play as well and then and go out and perform. And um, I hope that's what the game plan would be for us, like really understand what I'm supposed to do, how I'm supposed to do it week by week, prepare myself week by week, and be ready to play on Sunday. So- and he can't control that part of the game. He just has to control what he can control. You've been around football so long, though, though, Ron. Like, so you said he was pissed about the game plan for Cleveland. Like, in your mind, what is the best situation to to make Justin Fields be successful? I think just let him play and be himself, and um, live with some of the mistakes that he will make, and then you know he's going to make plays in the game, and he's going to not make plays. But I think you just continue to build on the success that he has, and. Um, just know he's a young quarterback. You know, we got a chance to talk to him a couple times last year and really enjoyed it. So smart. You know, I mean, you've known him forever. So smart and so solid. And he stayed so classy and so respectful when, frankly, as the year went on, it was just like, man, what is what is this coach doing? He's gone now. But it's like, it's just, it never really seemed to change to fit the quarterback. You know, did did you feel that way at all? That like they weren't adjusting to fit Justin and and what he does well quickly enough. Yeah, on certain certain games and certain situations, I felt that. But you know, you never you're not in the locker room, you're not in the, in the meetings and how they're teaching things. So I kind of I'm kind of hesitant about speaking about those kinds of things because I play ball and a lot of people play ball, so you don't really know what's going on in the coaching room. Mm-hmm. So you just have to say, you know what. He has a new beginning, new start, and, he, and you know, he go from there. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But, it, like, in a general sense, sometimes coaches are trying to do whatever their brilliant vision is instead of actually coaching the talent, right? We see that all across the league from time to time. Yeah, you do. And um, you just have to sit back and say, why, why would they do this or why would they do that? But the explanation still won't fit my narrative. It has to fit their narrative. And, um all he can do is keep working. He keeps working and keep playing. That's it. How'd the connection look with uh, Mooney and Komet? Good. They were solid. It was um, like they came down for a couple of sessions. They were they were real good. Mooney's real good, and the tight ends is he's really good. Both of them are solid, solid pieces to their team. We were, we're wondering about Mooney being, you know, the quote unquote number one receiver. You've you've seen a lot, right? You've done a lot of these workouts before with NFL wide receivers. Does he 
What do you think of him? Oh, I think he's the real deal. <laughs> I know he can fly. He has great hands, and, he, and he's very detailed in his route running. Um, so I think he has the ability to do that. It's pretty amazing that you've been able to work with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields together for so long, and they have known each other for so long, been rivals uh, for so long. You ever you ever pit them against each other? You, you like when you're coaching Justin? Say you ever say, oh, you know, Trevor looks good when he does that, or when you're coaching Trevor, you ever say Justin's really coming along well? You know? <laughs> no, I never did that <laughs> because you know both of them had their separate personalities and they um, the way they worked out. So. It was it was good to be able to do that, and I, I appreciate every moment, you know, moment that took place. So I never did that though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it, look, to just sum it up here as we're talking to Justin Fields' quarterback coach Ron Veal since the sixth grade: ball security, speeding up his drop, speeding up his delivery from session one to session, you know, fifteen or sixteen. How would you grade his progress? About a one in ten, one to ten. Sure. I go um, eight, 7.58. Okay. We'll take it. Yeah. Big, yeah. Biggest yeah. thing he still needs to work on. Just being consistent. You know, being able to play four quarters, you know he's going to have his ups and his downs, but try to push through those things and and be consistent with what he's doing. That was Ron Veal, quarterback coach for Justin Fields since the sixth grade. He was on with Parkinson Spiegel yesterday. I thought that was just terrific. They did a great job. That's great. And of getting answers out of him, and Ron Veal did a great job of answering. That was as transparent as you could see a coach, the confidentiality of a coach-quarterback relationship, and I thought it was terrific. What did you think? I thought it was really insightful considering that I I really like to hear that. Yes, they are working on the things that we know he needs to work on. So they, they also see the flaws and, and I think we've learned enough about Justin to know that he is not someone that's going to act like he doesn't have flaws. And so he's willing to work on them and they are working on them. And it sounds like he's making progress. Also the bit about the, the Cleveland game plan I think stood out to a lot of people, including myself. And I told you during one of the breaks, I think that Cleveland game game plan might have been the worst offensive game plan in the history of, in my time watching the NFL. Like I've, when you consider all the circumstances for that specific game, a rookie quarterback making his first start, you know what his flaws are. You know against what he does well defense. against the defense with Jadavion Clowney. And Miles Garrett and a lot of other good players too, but those way. two specifically coming off the edge yep. with two tackles that one is old and one is bad, really just two tackles that can't hold their own against those guys. And you shouldn't be blocking the best tackles in the league have trouble blocking Miles Garrett one on one. And for you to come out with minimum pass pro with straight dropbacks for an entire game, it was he should have been fired. At Not halftime. Yes. He should Just have been fired. When you saw it being unveiled. He should have been fired when they when they drew up the game plan. They never should have been allowed to get to Sunday with that game plan. Because even if Andy Dalton was starting that day, it still would have been terrible. Well, maybe, he maybe, would have been in there. Andy Dalton would have been separate. <laughs> yeah, Andy would have been separated from Dalton if that had been. Or yes. he would have gotten rid of the ball before it was even snapped. That's that's how scary that, that pass rush was. But the idea that... Justin Fields was as pissed as we were, and Nagy was indeed as stupid as we thought he was. 
was a lesser revelation. It was great to hear, lesser revelation than it than not only do Bears coaches in their what they want to see him be want to see him improve ball security, faster drop, quicker decision. Don't wait till they come out of the break because by the time they come out of the break, it's too late. So there's your interceptions, there's your fumbles, and and they want him to hold the ball closer. All stuff that should have been done before he got to this level, but it wasn't. So at least they recognize it. But the fact that we're, well, you're not in the room, you never played the game, you did blah, blah, blah. Really? Justin Fields was pissed the way we were, and the coaches are having him work on all the stuff we talked about that will just, that made him a bad quarterback last year. He wasn't good. There were spasms of that, and the coaching staff screwed him over. They had no idea. When, how could you not carry over the Pittsburgh game plan or the Pittsburgh result of the last of the fourth quarter in overtime to to every subsequent game? How could you be that stupid? Or even even the game plan they had against Detroit, the very next game, they they kept having little moments. Exactly. Where, yeah, they, these little I, where moments was where that? like, yeah, this works. Why don't you keep doing it? So because it's maddening. So you you presumably don't have an idiot coach, or if you do, you don't have the same idiot coach. We'll see if the great Getzy can get something out of him that would be different and be sane, as opposed to, you know. The, the one thing Ron Veal didn't get to, but I want to say this before we break and then we'll get to Mark Grody. Ron Veal needed to say this. He needs, Justin Fields needs a coach who will coach the player who's there in the game that's there. Matt Nagy proved incapable of that. And that's what Justin Fields needs. What is he doing today? What, who is this guy? And what is he doing today? We have to coach that way because that's what we're getting. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Mark Grody, it's his show. He's not on that show, this show, but he will be on this show, right? Trash Panda, is that how it works? Yes, yes. Great. Yeah. Saturday Suckage, that'll be familiar to him. Steve Rosenblum, Trash Panda, Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other 
other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Rack and yak. It's time for What Mark Heard on Saturday Suckage with Mark Grody and Steve Rosenblum. Boy, everyone is stupid except me. It is his show. He used to be on this show. He's not on this show. Now he's on this show. He's Mark Rohde. Mark, what did you heard? Well, I actually am in my car right now, so I've heard quite a bit of what you guys are doing. And one thing that I'd be more grateful about is, this is my gratitude list to you guys, is that this show, Saturday Suckage, no matter who is hosting, and we all know there's been a lot of hosts, <laughs> this show all, always keeps a little light on for me because they're like, you could try to get away from this show, but you know you're coming back at some point. Indeed, everyone everyone comes back home, and we're sort of like the you know the the crack dealers of radio. We're the we're the corner boys of radio. Every we keep right. drawing you back to to suck. It. You can't quit us. Brody, you just can't. No, yeah. I can't. There oh, is wow, something... he's going broke back mountain on us. <laughs> I wish I, I wish could I could quit you. I've <laughs> <laughs> never seen yeah. that movie, by the way. Oh, don't act like you've never seen that movie. Don't I would tell that. you. <laughs> I would tell you if I've seen it. I've never seen it. Okay, why? It's like a pretty good movie, actually. I don't know. Well, I think, think I think Paul's never seen it? The Godfather either. Oh, I yeah. don't know how he gets his radio card at all. How do you get your yeah, score? That's true. No, that's a good point. If he hasn't seen that, now I actually believe you, Scuzz, that you're not just trying to play tough guy heterosexual. That you actually, if you haven't seen The Godfather, then I understand. I believe you that you haven't seen Brokeback Mountain because you got like Brokeback Mountain is way down on the list of. So movies that you need to catch up on if that's what, if we're talking about the godfather of the bar there's a list yes we'll get there eventually the long list of things that there should be a, i i assume that was part of the scores test you couldn't even get in near a studio unless you would see you know, certain I've movies good, listen to certain music been, i've always been good at passing tests i didn't study for so maybe that's what it was well there wasn't even a test oh. obviously Oh, clearly not. Maybe I guess that you know. Let's blame let's blame BMAC because Brendan was the guy that first interviewed me, and he passed me along to Mitch. So it's all his fault. He didn't ask me. He didn't ask me if I've seen The Godfather, and you'd think he would. Wow. Yeah, and look at look at you now. You're the Saturday Suckage producer. Just look at you. 
Hell yeah. 229 <laughs> Texter put this really well, and this is really well played on many levels. 229 Texter, you can check out from Saturday Suckage, but you can never leave. That's great. That's perfect. That is outstanding. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Stud. You are the co-host of Saturday Suckage. Well, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually both right now, yes. so you weren't wrong. Yeah. Okay, that's true. That's got to be a difficult little – that's like old school, man. That's like – Back in, because I know you worked at Bloomington Normal at yeah. ABC. Yeah. I worked at WMBD in Peoria, where you do. I would do solo shows, run my own board, and there's something there's something very empowering about running your own board for sure. Because you get what you want when you want. On the overall, it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> but but I, I've done it before. I've done a million shows in my life where I was running my own board or running my board, running the board for somebody else. But. I uh, I was not good enough at it, and that's why they said you just belong on the air. No more pressing <laughs> buttons for you. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I got yeah, I had to do it a lot when I was in Bloomington, so it's a skill that I, I I acquired, I guess. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not the worst thing. I mean, ideally, you, you if you had to push the yes or no, no, I'd rather not do it. But when you do do it, it's like I am in complete control of everything. Yes, it is empowering. It feels good. How, oh, yeah. how empowering is being the king of the overnight? Oh, there is nothing like it. There is, look, as I like to say, I have the longest show, show uh, duration-wise, of anybody at the score. My palette that I have been given, or my uh, canvas, I should say, that I have been handed is longer than anybody else's at the score. So it's like, yes, I clearly, I've spent, I've, I've realized that, this has been given to me because nobody else was capable of doing a five-hour solo radio program except for me and Studs and Ranji. Hell yeah. See, now, that's what I like to hear. And and, and let me tell you, though, I, I'm glad I don't have to do it more than, like, once a week. I actually haven't done it in a few weeks, but I'm I'm glad that I don't. I was not asked to do more than once or twice a week because after that first night, I'm like, what the hell am I going to talk about tomorrow? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it can be a struggle. Oh, yeah. Because, because in all honesty, like when we host shows and all three of us know this, that you put a million things that you prepare a million things and maybe you get to 60% of it. And there's always a bunch of stuff left over. Like you use every you scratch and claw for every single thing you got written down on your notebook or on that sheet. Like at the end of these shows, I have crossed off every, like every topic. I'm like, whoo, made it to the finish line, you know, and you, you throw in a couple of phone calls, which, you know, you can't depend on, but when they do come in, they, that allows for essentially that's a little segment right there. The phone call is a little segment. And that's, I understand, <laughs> like, I don't think I keep them as long as Les did, but I definitely keep them longer than, say, when, you know, when we do Saturday Suckage. So, yeah, you use it all, and you got to – it's like a learning experience. Like, I have learned a lot from doing the overnights on how to manage the time what topics are good, which topics are bad, which topics I could squeeze in, which topics I better know more about than other, you know, it's like, it's quite a, uh, it's, it's quite the, the learning experience. Like I said, like, you know, there's a chance, of course it's challenging, but it's also the part of what I like about it is figuring it out. Like get, what's the hack on the overnight? It is like, it what, is like a puzzle. Yes, it is. Cause I've, I've had, 
I've had guests on, like recorded guests. I've kind of stopped doing that um, just because I like the, the I like to be able to spread, you know, and and make the callers the stars of the show. So I've done some of that, like pre-recorded guests, and you know, I'll occasionally replay something. But I'm trying to keep it as live as possible on the overnight to give people the best product possible, and also to you know carry on do less do less right you know like i've always said that one of the biggest things in doing the the overnights for me is to make sure that i do less grobstein justice not be less grobstein but at least do do the show just as long as i'm doing it you know uh as long as i'm doing five hours overnight i'm you're damn right i'm gonna put my everything into it and for that you don't suck it's thank probably, you probably thank you. That's- awkwardly named but there you go. The voice yeah, you hear. Yeah, is, well, and, we, and we've done that once too, Steve. We did do for that. Of course. You suck. Of course. Uh, but that's a nice twist. I like that. For that, you don't suck. Like a wholly complimentary show. For that, you hit 39 home runs last year. For that, you don't suck. There you go. See? Look at you. Look at you. Oh Happiness. My God. Yeah. Positive positivity at the score. I like it. I like it. No, we don't do that. That voice is Mark Grody. He's joining us on the score hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. So you got you. I don't know if you listened, if you've been driving, are you driving out to Jean and Gary's or, or is she sending you to the jewels or what? Uh, I was supposed to go to Jean and Gary's. I'm actually going to a, uh, Italian, sub joint out in uh, Addison to meet up with a buddy of mine. Um, and we're going to enjoy um, subs made fresh by gangsters. That's, you know, what, what says, what says Godfather better than that? Hey kid, come over here. You may have to cook for 20 guys once. They well, go to the well, what do you mean? Do what that. are you talking about? What do you mean? You want the Turkey sub with mayonnaise? Yes. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. You're getting one kind of sub. You're getting the big Italian and that's it. Leave. Got it kid. Leave the gun, take the cannoli. By the way, that's the name of a new a new book on The Godfather. It's out, the whole story, putting it together that I will be in possession of soon. But but we played, we played Parkins and Spiegel's interview with Ron Veal, and he talked about it. And so what did you think? You heard it? You well, listened to this guy? What did you, what did you yeah, come away with? I, had a, I did have a very succinct takeaway from it, and that is, that Justin Fields has been working on a lot of stuff. Like, and there's a lot of stuff that he has needed to work on. Like, I get it. Like the whole massacre in Cleveland, I understand that that was sort of the focus of of what you guys were listening for. And for sure, what a screwed up game that was. What a horrible, horrible game that was. And I remember uh, Sam Mustafer. I I did an interview with Sam Mustafer right after that game, or the next day, I should say. And he told me, Mustafer told me, this is a one-on-one, he said, yeah, he said, that game was so bad. I, I went up to Justin Fields and I said, I said, your parents must be pissed at us. And they just kind of, <laughs> they just kind of laughed like that. Yeah, that, that was it. And, and yeah, I mean, they knew how horrible it was and all that. But my takeaway was, it is, Justin Fields needs to get better. And hearing his college coach or his coach for life, his life coach, essentially, tell him, all, like all these things that were, and I can't rattle them all off. I, I could, I'd like to have jotted them down, but you know, getting rid of the ball more quickly, things like that, all the flaws that we saw in a guy who was a rookie quarterback last year, who didn't have training camp last year. But I, I was like, yeah, good, good. I'm glad the focus of this interview 
seems to me to be more about, okay, yes, there's still some things we need to clean up from what happened last year and figure out, dare I say, the whys. Uh, and that, that actually, you know, Matt Nagy, <laughs> Matt, Nagy, Matt Nagy ruined that concept, the, the whys, but yeah. it is true. Those are things you need to figure out and just not the way Matt Nagy hammered it over our heads, you know, for the last four years. But, yeah, I, I thought it was very heartening to hear that coach with those specific things that he needs to work on because I was like, yeah, he does. He does need to work on those things. He does need to protect the ball. He does need to get the, get rid of the ball more quickly. He does need to know where guys are coming out of their breaks. Like, like those are things that I heard, and those are also things that I saw. So, to me, that was the most important part of all of this. As messed up as last year was and the ending of the, of the year with the Matt Nagy rumors, at the heart of it, Justin Fields, for whatever reason, did not have a very good rookie year. I'm with you. I I think that like honestly the biggest takeaway we should have is hey they saw the same thing we saw and they okay. know they know exactly what he needs to get better at and we collectively seem to agree like yes those are the things he needs to get better at so hey hey this last week the Bears didn't get Ryan Bates to sign from Buffalo and the offensive line remains kind of a question how concerned should we be if at all, about the the lack of signing quality offensive linemen this offseason. And, and it seems to me like we're trying to strike a balance between Ryan Poles is, is purging the trash of the previous regime. He has limited cap space to work with. He's going to have to build through the draft and so on. But how concerned should we be about the offensive line right now, knowing that there's still a lot of offseason left? Well, yeah, I mean, you, you can be concerned. I'm not overly concerned because of the fact that you can tell that the that if there is, I mean, and it, it, they're fixing everything, but you can tell that from Ryan Poles' first press conference that he is keen on fixing that offensive line and making it like, like making it, terrific for a quarterback that is trying to develop into something great. You know, the, the side, like identifying right away that they probably could use an upgrade at center, bring in Lucas Patrick, then to make an offer sheet as they did to Ryan Bates. Now it sucks that the Ryan Bates or uh, Ryan Bates thing didn't work out. It sucks, but it by no means does it crumble your organization. It should tell you, that Ryan Poles has an eye out there. He knows who the up-and-coming guys are. I mean, that was a sneaky move right there to, for, with the Ryan Bates thing. So I, I think that Bears fans should at least take solace in what you were talking about earlier, Studs, and that's that they, they see what we see. The only mistake that I think that was made so far was – not bringing James Daniels back for that. I have not heard a good answer because I think that there was quality there. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't have the tenacity that they were looking for. I thought that there, and especially at the price that he eventually accepted to go play for Pittsburgh, that was the only one that worried me a little bit, but I do think that Ryan Poles has a good eye for that. And uh, ultimately 
I, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not losing sleep over the offensive line, but, but I am waiting with anticipation and, and intrigue, quite frankly. I'm intrigued to see what he thinks of, especially those two young offensive linemen that the Bears have, and Devin Jenkins and Larry Borum. Like, what, what, maybe, maybe he evaluates them higher than we know. Maybe he's waiting to get them out there, but there, there is, there's definitely some good raw material with both Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum, and I, I'm curious as if, if that is something that he sees as well. Well, so far, Ryan Poles has done nothing but make Justin Fields a wildcat quarterback, but that's not what I'm going to talk to you about. Here's the last yeah. Here's the last question. If you were doing the overnight show, and you will, it would be bum of the week if you wanted to revive that, but here it's the choice, and remember, death is not an option. Okay? Oh, boy. Here we go. Eric Church or Will Smith? <laughs> oh my God! So wait, I have to—I'd have to choose one. Yes. to death is to not live. an option. Yeah, Eric. All right, Eric, all right, all right, all right. Will Smith. Will Smith. I still—I think he's. Uh, you know, I can look past a little little open hand slap because I've liked a lot of the product that he's put out there. Really. Really? Yeah. Okay. Hey, hey, I, I think Will Smith Summertime is one of the greatest summer songs of all time. And I mean that. I'm not trying to be ironic or hipster. I think that that is like one of the coolest songs ever because it's safe Will Smith. People don't give it the proper credit that it deserves. So Will Smith summertime speaking of not getting the proper credit it deserves the movie wild wild west not talked about enough as a great will smith movie all and i'll leave it on that okay i can't i'm sorry studs you don't have movie credibility you might be right (laughs) total total yeah total told i'm not being legitimate will smith is a rectum all right we're moving right along that's it wow mark you say hi to gene and gary for us and i'm glad you've got some tv and we'll go on from there when can when All can right. people hear you on the air, not on this show, even though you're on this show, and it is your show, you're not on this show on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. When are you next? Well, when are you next? Actually, When's the next actually, midnight? No, no, check this out. There's a Mark Grody special happening tomorrow. I have agreed. To, I think I'm working tomorrow. I don't know. I, I haven't heard from anybody, <laughs> but I... I think this is I'm working. so weekend score. Yeah, you're on the schedule from 9 until noon tomorrow. Okay, because I like I wasn't sure about that because, like I said, I nobody has contacted me. I don't know what's going on here, so I wasn't sure if I got I screwed up That's the schedule great. or what. That is so but good. I am. I am. I, my voice is scheduled to be on the radio from nine a.m. until noon tomorrow, and I assume that we'll be talking a lot about a Bulls game that is happening tonight, which I'm sure you guys have discussed as well. Oh, we haven't yet. We will with Cody Westerland coming up at the top of the hour after we dump you and uh, get get to a break, and then that's the way we're going to play it. Yeah, yeah. this is that's enough. This is, that's enough. I've, 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 I'm good. I'm yeah, good. you don't want to spend your three hours right here. You got you got 75 million notes you have to get to tomorrow. Okay, 9 you o'clock. Know, actually, actually, I don't mind this because I'm kind of in weird traffic on the Kennedy right now. So I probably, I'm actually okay doing what I'm doing right now. I, I mean, really, if I wasn't talking to you guys on the radio, I'd have to listen to you guys on the radio. So I feel like I'm making you guys better right now. Yeah, you are. There you go, making our yeah. show better. Choosing Will Smith yeah. over Eric Eric Church. Ah. Wow! I definitely want to hear more. Wait a minute. So you obviously right. hey, don't. Hey, hey, hey. We, we got we got to go. 
We got to go. <laughs> wait, wait, just wait, 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 wait. Yeah, just give me, give me yours, Eric Church or Will Smith, and then you can hang up on me. Will Smith. Okay, bye. <laughs> it's Mark Grody. Is oh my god. Okay, right, we're gonna take a break. We'll come back maybe, and when we do, it'll be Bulls and uh, and we'll talk Cody Westerlin and like they're supposed to play tonight. We'll see how that goes. Steve Rosenblum, Trash Panda, and Mark Rohde, who's part of Saturday Suckage, but not part of Saturday Suckage now because he's not part of Saturday Suckage now. Right? Got it? Yeah. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.